So, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, like, a while. Turns out, um, everything needs a hard rest, including this rhythm. Life just needed a bit of breathing room. Space for some of my steadily worked muscles to rest. Time to treat my own voice or contribution with more levity and also to rearrange a few parts of life. Perhaps more on that in future episodes. This season, uh, since you last heard from me uh, at the end of last year, has come with much gain and much loss. But... Yeah, eventually, I hungered to return to this discipline. That word, uh, discipline, it might sound odd, but for me, that is the heart of why I produce this show. To keep myself in generative, generous contact with the Jesus tradition that formed me, harmed me, and still, strangely, holds me. I'm in a season of life where I feel both um, farther from this tradition than ever before, but also closest to its sacred heart. And this podcast has been one of several steady disciplines and rhythms in the past year or so that has helped me process and in some sense log or journal these chrysalis days of mine. I am ready this week to return to you. I love the work of holding space in my heart for the kinds of folks who seem to enjoy this production. I'm ready this week to return to this show. Yes, a publicly produced, handcrafted, creative discipline. I miss creating. I'm ready this week to return to this rhythm. All right. Let's get it on. Okay, maybe that wasn't my best word choice, but you know. What then are we to say was gained by Abraham, our ancestor, according to lineage? For if Abraham was folded in by his religious flex, he is something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as a kind of holy belonging. Now to one who's all flex, awards are not reckoned as a gift, but are something due. But to one who, without religious flex, trusts him who folds in the ungodly, such faith is reckoned as that holy belonging. For the promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or to his descendants through the law, but through the belonging of faith. If it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there's no law, there's neither is there violation. For this reason, it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to those who flex their adherence to the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham, for he is the father of us, all of us. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead, 
and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Hello and welcome to the Lectio Cascadia podcast. My name is Brandon Rhodes and I'm glad you're here. Thank you as always to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for the music. So once upon a time, a rich old man without children connected the dots in his life, in his heart, in the silence, and heard the calling of the divine that elsewhere lay an abundance of care and belonging for his descendants that would brim over into all of humanity's flourishing, a belonging beyond what the old man was probably comfortable with. But it laid beyond what he had always known. And the old man trusted that voice or hunch or insight or inner clarity. He trusted through that inner sense that the divine was wooing him beyond present comfort into something big. He walked away from what was taken for granted the stable land of his tribe and ancestors, and with his wife and servants sojourned through the wilderness and arrived in a land from which his much older ancestors hailed. The old man was in the flow, joining the big divine project, living in trust, or in the old tongue, it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now, that English word kind of suggests, and he was a good boy, like moral upstandingness or integrity or fundamental goodness. He had good things coming his way because he was a good boy. (laughs) But the older notion uh, behind that word righteousness is like a lot more complicated, more layered. It's way more interesting. This is a word about being in a word of belonging, a word of being in the right, of being part of something sacred. So this old man Abraham trusts the divine flow, enters it, and the Holy One points to this and says, yep, he's part of what I'm about. The divine promised Abraham that the project of human flourishing would spring forth through him. This is the path of righteousness, of holy belonging. Now, further down in the story, Abraham's descendants, these bearers of sacred promise, these children of promise, are enslaved by an evil empire who makes them make bricks all damn day. The divine liberates them. Promise is not something to be bottled up for long. But in this case, it was about 400 years. (laughs) And as they leave what was taken for granted, the stable land of their ancestors for 400 years, they too wander through a desert toward the same home of promise Abraham arrived at. Abraham, from abundance as a slave owner in the east, the children of promise, from poverty as slaves in the west, they arrive centuries apart through deserts to the same place, all the same. But this time, a charter for their life in that land is forged. 
at a at the base of a mountain. The divine gives them the law, a covenant of how to let promise not empire define them, how to let life not death indwell their imaginations, trust not technique animate their hands. The law is a kind of, well, babysitter, uh, while their stage of uh, consciousness at that time jerks towards back towards becoming another empire. The jealousy they had towards their oppressors was never really quite snuffed out, so they ended up wanting to be that. And this law was here to help buffer against that um, false longing. But it kind of did something of the opposite, too. Like, the law that was meant to bring life brought about death. It actually allowed some things to fester. See, humans have this amazing capacity to manipulate just about anything to get pretty close to what they're hoping for. We can turn straw and mud and sunlight and we can take these things and turn it into bricks and turn bricks into homes and temples and fortresses and walls. We can, with limits, far beyond any other species, remake our world to our liking and our likeness. We find little techniques to change our context on our terms. Now, empire takes that a step further. It is ability plus ego to force others, other humans, other species, the land itself to do our bidding apart from capacity or will. It is manipulation without dignity, control without reverence, ego without ego death. It is Empire is fundamentally possessive. It treats reality as a tool, drains it of that which is sacred, treats it as a thing, not a gift. It seeks to vivisect and dissect mystery. Empire refuses to trust mystery. So the law, this babysitter, graciously given by the divine to the children of promise exploits this latent impulse, this latent capacity to create and change, but takes its darkest impulses to um, depersonalize, to control, to tool. It just finds this festering space there. If you do the things in the law, that's how we know you're in. So the law, which is meant to carry the promise of cosmic belonging, becomes a bottleneck that controls and reduces belonging, often in dumb, dumb, dumb ways. <laughs> um, yeah, this is supposed to be how you are children of promise, how you have a holy belonging, how you have righteousness. But now it's like, or how, how you participate in it. But now it's how you guarantee it, how you technique it. And so it was that over time, the children of promise became children of the law, believing that these tribal behaviors would mark who is within the divine's project of cosmic holy belonging and therefore who is without it. They fixated on specific lines in that law. 
about body modification rituals, sacrificing animals, being clean freaks, avoiding certain cooking ingredients and methods and more. So that we could say, hey, you do these things, you're, you belong. You don't do these things, you don't belong. Do you see it? It's technique all over again. Empire and ego all the way down. Of course body modifications aren't going to limit the divine's promise. Especially when that promise is about everyone and everything entering into a holy belonging. But that empire ego thing that this law allowed to fester, it led Abraham's descendants to believe that you can manipulate the Holy One. You can constrict the Holy Belonging Project that the Creator is about. And you can do that especially to secure your own part in the story. And to be clear, the Divine is accommodating because the Divine is personal. There's all kinds of stories about Abraham's God negotiating with humans, working with what we're hoping for and gladly addressing us as free beings. This divine hospitality is part of how the whole thing works. But that's within a mutually personalizing interaction in which both the divine and humans are addressed as a thou, not an it, as one recent mediator of Abraham's stories like to say. No. Participating in divine work, being part of the Promise Project, it's not as rote or mathematical as making bricks for an empire. Add straw and mud and sun and wham. You get what you want. It's not how the divine works, y'all. The divine isn't going to be reduced to a tool for our control. If you cut this part off of yourself, if you don't eat that thing, if you kill the animal this way, come on. If you sing the songs this way, if you go before yourself that way, and you move your fingers over your chest this way, and you memorize that, and you pray in that voice, then you're in. Oh, come on. If you don't sleep with those people, if you don't sleep with people at that time, but this time, come on. The divine isn't going to be reduced as a tool for our control. We may squeeze her into that shape, but she will always evaporate out of our grasp. Abraham's holy belonging was about trust, not technique. Intimacy across reality, not immediacy of controlling reality. That law, empire, ego thing, it just leads us to a ton of flex of self-righteousness and strutting and boasting. And subsequent to that, yep excluding others. Self-righteousness always has the other side of other non-righteous, other out. Me in, you out. <laughs> so the law, empire, ego, hmm. It leads to excluding others of it being my righteousness, not yours, not ours, not the divine's. If belonging is about technique, then reality is not a gift. If belonging is about towing the line, then Abraham would have never left the security of the lines that he was raised within, his homeland, and the promise would have been stillborn. This divine promise lives in you. Live, therefore, out of gifts, not control. 
Live out of trust, not technique. Live as a participant in the divine's holy belonging, a reality you are called to make manifest in sundry, small, and strange ways. Do not hide it at the back of your pantry. Let the light of this promise, this righteousness, shine in y'all. And in you, in y'all, the divine, the living God will give life to the dead and call into existence the things that do not exist. May your week ahead be filled with curiosity and wonder, gratitude and laughter, courage and presence. And may the peace of Christ be with you. Thank you.